Hey everyone, and welcome to Monday Morning Musings. We are on week two, episode two, and I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to all of you who were so encouraging to me last week. I am, again, not quite sure where this is going to land or how long this podcast will last. This could be the last episode. This is not a scripted podcast. It wasn't something that has been in the planning for a number of months or a few years. It's something that's been on my heart for a while. And I just took a leap of faith and decided to share some of the many thoughts that are often swirling in my head and share with you guys some of the lessons that God has been teaching me over the last few years. And maybe it will be a source of encouragement for you all. So this week, I just wanted to talk a little bit about my experiences of church and more my early experiences of church as a child and as a young adult and uh, even as a young wife and a mother. Some of the experiences that I've had, especially with a focus on church hurt. Now, I was born in India, but I was raised in the Middle East in the Sultanate of Oman. And I, I grew up in Oman from the age of, age of five. My fifth birthday was there until I, I completed high school. And I continued to go back to Oman for many years as a college student on summer holidays and winter, winter breaks. And uh, our first son, our first child was actually born in Oman. So the majority of my, of my church life and my faith journey and all of the formation that I, I had as a Christ follower and just getting to know the Lord and spending time in, in Sunday school and youth groups and learning to be, um, to be a part of the worship team and singing in the choir, all of that happened in, in Oman. And for the largest and for the longest time that we that we were there, um, my parents were part of um, a denominational church, the Church of South India. And after about eight to ten years of being in that church, um, there was there was a lot of church church fighting and politics and just drama between the members in leadership and after about a decade of being there they left that church and they moved to another congregation um, which was the protestant church um i don't ex i don't know the details obviously i was i was very young at that point and my parents did not share much of the details with me all i all i can remember is that they were really upset for a very long time. My mother especially was deeply hurt and distraught by just by all of the pain and the broken friendships and the broken relationships and the loss of the community that we had built for over a decade. Um, we had been at that church since, since I was five and we left around the time that I was 16. So I was in high school by then. And, um, it caused my parents a lot of pain. And in a weird way, it, it caused me some pain as well. I, 
I lost a number of friends, especially church friends and church family friends whom I would spend all my weekends with because we had done Sunday school camps and sleepovers and trips to parks and picnics and serving and church cleaning, you know, all of the fun things that you do when you're um, in the kids ministry and in the youth ministry. Um, those were my friends and I I missed the time that I, I spent with them and I, I didn't get to see them because we were at a different congregation and it was a different time. So um, I didn't see them as much. I did see a few of them at school because we were in the same grade and so we would run into each other but it was never the same because we we knew that our parents were bickering and fighting with each other and it was almost as if even as teenagers we felt the need to take sides because we loved our parents and we didn't want to see them hurt but we didn't exactly know what we were taking sides on and it just led to a very complicated and conflicting friendships for my parents and for all of the other families, those whom I called uncles and aunties, because that's what we do in the Indian community. Even if they are not biologically our uncle or auntie, everybody's an uncle or auntie. Um, I didn't get to see them and my parents' friendships with them, many of those relationships never recovered. It it would take it would take a few decades for my mom and dad to be um, in the same room with some of those people. Um, time heals wounds, but um, there there is nothing quite like church hurt. Um, these were almost like divorces from the members of the congregation, and um, our family lost more than just a church. We we lost. A community of of friends and believers and uncles and aunts and brothers and sisters, people whom we had picnicked with and traveled with and camped out with, and um, the pain the the pain was was really really bad. And um, church hurt is is one of those things. It it not only breaks people's hearts, but it also breaks God's heart because. Um, when he sees his his children bickering and fighting, um, I know that his heart is hurting, and um, he probably, I mean, he does want us to fix it, and he wants us to reconcile with each other. And um, we live in a broken world today. Um, I mean, we've always lived in a broken world, and sin exists. And while the church is supposed to be a place where we can find healing and restoration and peace and comfort and deep abiding friendships and community, um, the pain is the pain and the hurt that we see is evidence of um, the evil one's constant opposition to God's plan. And church hurt and um, it can it can lead people to saying things they don't mean, to do things that they never really meant to do. And um, in a way, they feel let down by God, and they also let down their father. Um, it is one of the worst kinds of hurt. And 
just over the years of my of my life in the U.S., um, I have seen different kinds of church hurt, and one that has been particularly painful for me is seeing broken friendships and relationships in a church, especially when the person um, has has worked for the church. Um, moving to the U.S. was my first experience of seeing people hold full-time jobs in a church. Um, that's not something that I, I saw growing up, and it's not something that you see in India in a denominational church. Um, you do see it at a non-denominational church. You do see it in, um, I guess, in ministries, um, ones that are not based on a church, just a standalone ministry, which is run by um, a team of people. Um, but denominational churches like the one that I'm from, which is the Church of South India, which is very similar to the Lutheran or the Anglican church, they don't usually have huge numbers of staff. You will have a pastor, an associate pastor, um, and a sexton, um, a person who's basically in charge of their church premises and takes care of the building. Um, all of the other roles are done by the lay. So you have uh, a church committee with elders and you have deacons and everybody plays a role. You have um, you have secretaries and treasurers and um, all sorts of roles, but none of them are paid for. Everybody does the job as a lay member of the congregation and as volunteers. So when we moved to the United States and we started attending churches here, um, we discovered that a lot of the people in the church were employed by the church. And so your staff, you're either a pastor of a department like children's pastor or the youth pastor or the missions pastor or the women's pastor or you actually work in a department like you could be in finance or you could be in in church communication or uh, church operations so any one of those roles and um, these were full-time jobs and so it was something very new to me because it seemed to me like it's like a corporate it's like a company right and over the years, I discovered that when you work for a church, and that's, that's your job Monday through Friday for maybe six to eight hours a day, or you work part-time, your, your church community is kind of intertwined with the people that you work with. So your friends are in the church, your spiritual mentors and your leaders are quite, quite possibly also in the church. The people that your family does life with is in the church, and everything revolves around the church. You don't really have the time to build too many friendships outside. There are some people who do, but if that's your job, and then your weekend also involves working for the church, because even if you're not technically on a working day, you're still, you're still kind of on because you work for the church, um, it makes for it makes for challenging situations with regard to friendships and relationships. So 
I've often wondered what would happen if one, you happen to lose the job or two, you happen to quit because of other, of other reasons. Um, what would happen? Would you continue to stay at that church because that's your home church? Would you just attend? Um, starting to feel like an outsider because you're no longer an insider and you've been an insider for a long time. Or what would happen um, if you chose to leave, if you've been there for a long time, how would you go about starting the process of finding a church and you're in the season of church shopping, um, which, which is a really, really complicated uh, term. And how would your life be if you, if you feel like you've lost all of your friendships and your relationships? And those are just hard things. And um, from what little I know, and I don't claim to know much, I don't know much about the way that the churches work, but from what little I know and from what I've seen, these things are complicated, they're painful, and they are rarely, rarely things that happen on very good terms. More often than not, they they happen on complicated ends to relationships, to to jobs, and usually leaves people with some form of hurt, anger, betrayal, just a sense of of worriness and anxiety, and just feeling unsettled. And it's really hard to overcome that. But on the other side, you could also have the the, the kind of church hurt that my parents went through and my family went through many years ago. And um, recently, um, I saw that happening um, in a church that our family knew very well. Um, we had actually been a part of it for a number of years. And um, we, we saw the church going through some pain and some trauma and um, and some really, really deep betrayal. And it, it made me wonder, um, how do we as Christ followers um, deal with church hurt? Um, how do we, how do we go through the process when we are in the process? Um, it's kind of like going going through hell and there's a song that says if you're going through hell just keep on going just don't stop because if you stop the devil's gonna get you just keep going till you get out on the other side um it's it's a fun song to sing when you're in sunday school but um what do you do when you're in that in that place of deep pain and anger at the people around you who whom you considered friends uh, with whom you did life with, um, and what do you do? So our family had experienced a little bit of that a few years ago. Nothing super traumatic or super painful, but painful enough that we needed to take some time to really contemplate and do some deep soul-searching and introspection to understand what it is that we were going through and what it is that had caused us hurt and why we were hurt and how we were actually going to move through that season. One of the things that 
I learned through the process, um, and this was six or seven years ago when we were going through this, I, I learned that one of the reasons that I was so angry and so hurt by the people who I thought were my friends was because they weren't validating me enough. I, I definitely, definitely felt that I was owed a lot more respect and relevance and validation from the people around me. They, I thought that they viewed me as a leader, but uh, I'm not so sure that they did. I think I was very immature, um, spiritually and otherwise. And it annoyed me and frustrated me that I wasn't being given the kind of respect that I, that I, that I wanted and that I thought I deserved. You see, I, I was in seminary in 2016, and I was, I was drinking from the fire hydrant of um, theology and Bible exposition and historical theology and all of these classes and these books that I was reading and commentary and I. I was learning so much in just a couple of hours of classes a week. Um, and I, I felt that I needed to be given a lot of respect because, hey, I was getting a seminary education. I deserved it, right? Um, I was reading all of these books and, you know, I was gaining all of this knowledge. And um, yeah, there was definitely some amount of uh, ego and my head was getting quite puffed up. And um, yeah, I sought relevance. And it annoyed me that I wasn't being given given the relevance. And um, I also did not want to play, to play the game. You know, there's always a game where you kind of have to play this unspoken game with the leaders or the people who um, are viewed as the leaders in, in a church. You know, you kind of have to... You kind of have to engage them. You kind of have to spend more time with them. You kind of, you, ha you have to say all of the right things and make them feel very validated. And you kind of have to play that game. And when it comes to Indian churches, there is just this, this passive aggressive game that women play and even men play. And I do not know how to play it. I didn't grow up in India. I didn't grow up around Indian churches. I grew up in the Middle East where my mother didn't, never played that game and I never learned how to play it so I didn't know how to play it and so it was complicated for me to play to learn to play that game and try to uh, try try to learn how to make others feel awesome all I was concerned about was that why I wasn't feeling awesome and so I realized that God was teaching me you know what you're not that relevant. And what you can do for me is not very important. You need to sit down, sit down in church, and you need to pray, and you need to worship, and you need to listen to the sermon, and you need to serve others just because you are called to serve. And you need to stop asking, asking for all of these big roles and these positions in the church because it is not time for you to do that as yet. And it was a hard lesson for me to learn. And I, um, 
it took me time to understand but i think the more that i more that i sat in the discomfort and the more i realized um how much a pride was in my heart and what my ego was telling me to do was completely opposite to to what god was calling me to do um i backed off and i and i started to realize that he was calling me to trust him to obey him and to surrender all of my pride and my ego at his altar and so through the process of just learning what god was was calling me to do um i i started to get on the path of healing from this hurt i i i needed to heal i was angry for a very long time a very long time and um the anger the, the anger was palpable there were there were people that i could not look at in the face on a sunday morning there were people that i avoided i would um i would just get my coffee and go to another room or go stand somewhere else after church was over i did not want to be in the same room as them i didn't want to talk to them i didn't want to engage them i didn't want to look at them um it it was a hard season and i i needed to do some business with god and and i learned a couple of things along that way as to how to heal from that pain but also um learn to reconcile with others and one of the things that um the first step towards healing that i learned was choosing to forgive um forgiveness does not come easily um is not natural and sometimes it doesn't mean that your trust has been reestablished but um we need to forgive we need god's strength to forgive our our hurt feelings are valid and they matter to god 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 cares about our pain and if you've been betrayed or hurt in in a terrible way then your pain your your pain is absolutely valid but we can and we must choose to let go of the grudges and sometimes holding on to that anger just leads to a sense of self-righteousness which is which is where i was um but god takes forgiveness really seriously and um um he tells us in uh, mark chapter 11 um when you pray first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your father in heaven will also forgive your sins because um we are sinners we are sinners we are broken people who live in a broken world and we continue to make mistakes and mess up and so um we need to pray and prayer is an instrument to forgiveness and so um our pain may be so great that we can't fathom um forgiving the other person but um i have discovered that it is really hard to stay angry at someone when we are praying for them so we need to choose to forgive um in the with the help of god's spirit and it is god's will for us and that that is the first step towards healing and towards um getting on this path to end this end this pain um secondly we we also really need to guard our hearts against bitterness and resentment um i chose to stay angry for a really long time and that anger definitely led to the building up of resentment and bitterness and it can it 
it, it started to destroy me because I was, I was so angry at, at a few people. And um, I've also seen in my childhood with the bitterness and, the, and, the, and, the, and all of the resentment which builds up, there's gossip, there's backstabbing, and a lot of angry words. And it's super, super tempting to retaliate. And 20 years ago, we didn't have social media, but now we have social media. And so it gives all of us a platform to retaliate. So we need to choose to control our tongues and we need to really surrender our anger and our bitterness to God wrestling with him with our feelings because he is a big god and he can handle all of our big angry feelings and he's always willing to listen we can process our emotions with him and also with a counselor or a therapist and um it still doesn't mean that our pain is not real or invalid but we but we can we can starve the bitterness instead of feeding it and um we can we can set our minds on God who is faithful and just. And the more we set our minds on him, the bitterness will start to, will start to recede. Um, I've also discovered through the process that it is absolutely important to check our own hearts because um, as far as I'm concerned, I'm perfect and I'm this amazing human being. But uh, um, I, I have had to sit in the discomfort and really ask myself, okay, Lord, tell me what's going on in my heart and test me and tell me um, what, what, all, what all of the mistakes that I have made are. And, um, you know, we can, we can pray the prayer of the psalmist in Psalm 139, where um, the psalmist says, point out anything in me, O Lord, that offends you and lead me along the path of, ev of everlasting life. Because, um, we are all, all of us are messy, messy people. And um, we, we hide ugly things in our hearts. And it's always easy for us to assume that we are the ones in the right and the other people and the other party is completely wrong. But conflict usually happens when two people disagree. And uh, we really need to check our hearts and make sure that, um, that we that we fix the mistake on our side. And I think the last point that I would encourage anybody who is, who is walking on this journey of church hurt and the path to healing or has been, or, um, has been there before and is struggling, um, find a way to return to fellowship. Um, my parents found another church at the end of all of the the struggles that they went, went through. And um, while I was, I was away in college, they did go on to have uh, a thriving community at another congregation. And over the, over the years, they have managed to build some of the bridges with um, their friends from the past. But um, it took time and um, it, it took a lot of prayer and um, it took a lot of intentional stepping out into community and getting back into fellowship and trusting others. Um, when people have hurt you in a church, 
going back there to worship with God's people is often like pouring salt into an open wound. It's very, very painful to be around. Um, we don't need to go back to the church which hurt us or the people who have betrayed us if there's been um, abuse of any sort. But perhaps we can find another community of believers with whom we could share the corporate worship. Perhaps we could find a home church. Perhaps we could start a home church. Um, there is something beautiful about corporate worship and belonging to a community of people who love the Lord and um, who get together to worship and to learn and to study the Bible. Um, there are so many beautiful things that come out of the church. And um, when we walk away from the church, and this is the global church, um, we're the ones who, who lose when we, when we choose to walk away. So be it a home church, a fellowship group, or a community, um, or you find a church down, down the street, um, I think it's good for us to try to return to fellowship. Um, it's easy to stay at home in the world today and just watch church on TV or the laptop or our phones. But that's not the same. That is, that is not the same as being in a congregation, singing together with other brothers and sisters, and just uh, being embodied in the worship. And so, um, yeah, that would be my encouragement for, for um, those of you who might be struggling with um, church hurt and are um, on the pathway to healing. Um, being... Being a part of a church is hard. Being um, invested in a church is hard. And there are seasons where um, you may be called to be at one congregation and there might be seasons where God is doing the work in your heart to call you to another congregation. Um, only, only you will know the answer for that as you do business with God. But um, for those of you out there who might be struggling to find uh, a body of believers, um, I hope this can be a source of encouragement to you to um, to continue to um, to just stay in the pursuit of finding that church, finding that fellowship, and really, really um, listening to God's voice and just spending time with Him and um, allowing Him to speak. In, in his still small voice and to give you the wisdom that um, you need to make the decision. Thank you everyone for listening and um, I, I hope this is a source of encouragement to you. Leave me a comment and go and follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and I hope to see you guys or talk to you guys next week. Bye.